My name is Michael Antonakos. I am an actor and voice actor currently working on a video game called Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where I play Alexios, uh, an ancient Greek Spartan warrior, and uh, it's an RPG adventure game. Yeah. It was like you were born to play this game. Yes. Yeah. I literally am from where this character is from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you born in Greece? Yeah. Um, tell, tell, like, and, but then you grew up in Alberta? Yeah, it's a long journey. So how like how old were you when you landed in Alberta? Uh, about three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was okay. pretty young still. So it's still, so it's still a baby. Yeah. Any older siblings or? I have a younger, uh, full natural like full natural sister because I have two uh, step brothers, a okay. stepsister, and a half brother and a half sister as well. Wow. How was Thanksgiving and Christmas is your family? They were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, what did your like? So, your parents came here, um, emigrated here for opportunity for the kids. My mom was um, a Greek Canadian. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she was uh, born in Vancouver, grew up in Montreal, mm. and my father moved here when he was in his late teens, early twenties, kind of time. Oh, okay. Uh, he immigrated here. Yeah. Uh, one of those stories of like a guy with a penny to his pocket mm. showing up. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, he uh, and my he worked for my grandfather at my mother's at, um, family restaurant called okay. the Lido in Montreal, and so he was a bartender there, and that's that where they met. Sounds like a movie. I know, seriously, it's, right? Isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haven't we? Wait a second. There's a movie that it sounds like literally like a movie I saw like a month ago or, or something yeah. like that. What one of those? Uh, my goodness, yeah. Is it wasn't there? A movie that came out where this guy's working for the girl's family's restaurant. It was filmed just here in Toronto. Oh, I'm trying, I'm, to, re I'm trying to remember the name of the. I haven't seen of this the film. movie, but um, Italian Little Italy. Okay. What's it called? I think it was a. a I, I don't. It didn't do well. I don't think. <laughs> but it's called. But it's very, very, very similar. Um, yeah. So that's neat. And then they, I guess they moved back to Greece and then uh, came back here. Um, they were in Canada for a bit, yeah. and then, um, yes, they decided to move. I mean, it was years later, but then when they moved to Greece, they decided to have me, um, and my dad wanted to have the kids in Greece. Uh, so, oh, okay. Yeah, so they decided to give that a go. Yeah. It lasted about three years. Yeah. My sister was a year younger than me. I uh, was about two, and they, my mom couldn't hack it in, in a small village in Greece anymore. Ah. She's Canadian, and there's a different style of life when you're Greek and when yeah. you're Canadian. They're just, even if you're Greek and really? you speak Greek, it's just a different mentality, especially back then. So tell me about um, like, what's, what's it like in small town Greece? Um, it's okay. My, my mom was a ballet dancer. Ah. Um, and so at that time, like this has got to be, you know, early, early eighties. Uh, she wanted to teach the young girls in the village, to, to dance and she wanted to teach some ballet and they loved it but the yeah. people in the village uh, because she wore a skirt and lifted her leg high was considered oh. a very inappropriate and okay. they kind of shunned her in the village because of this oh. uh, so she literally became like the black sheep of the whole place wow. and um, and all she was doing was trying to just share art a passion <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, so that was one of the things. It's just a closed-minded mentality, mm. especially then, and they didn't really Small understand. Small town, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. European. Yeah. What was your dad doing? Still working in the uh, food restaurant business? Or? No, he worked on the, um, I think he worked in the oil rigs at that time. He was like oh. a driller. Okay. Yeah. 
and then he's done a lot of different jobs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so come back to Lake Louise. Did you did your mom continue teaching? Do you know or? Well, uh, uh, she did later. Um, we went to Edmonton first, oh. and my father and mother were there. They he owned a uh, car dealership, mm. and then. Um, that all fell apart. Long story short, yeah. Greek mafia. Let's like. <laughs> I'm not editing this part out, Michael. This stays. That's this fine. Stays this in. will stay. This stays but in. I'm not kidding. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, and, and it just. It, it, I think um, things weren't working for the two of them, so they. Um, my father moved back to Greece. Got remarried. Had a couple kids oh. over there, so that's how that happened. Okay. And then my stepfather and stepbrother siblings kind of came into my life in uh, Edmonton and we all moved to Lake Louise yeah. and my stepfather is Greek he has the same name as my father oh wow um, had he passed away but uh, they're both named Nick and uh, the only thing is my stepfather went to um, up north he went to Yellowknife Arviat all these areas and yeah. he lived up in the Arctic for 20 years uh, and his children are half Greek half Inuk oh yeah, so my uh, stepbrothers and sisters were half Greek, half Inuk, yeah. and I grew up a lot of, with the native culture. And since he he really spent most of his time up north, um, what was he doing there? He was a fur trader uh, okay. up there. And then when the fur trade industry fell apart, he got into the he got into art. Um, yeah, yeah. And he started bringing in Inuit and native art into uh, a lot more prevalent into the Canadian market. Yeah. Um, and so they started working for a art gallery in Lake Louise, and that's and then eventually they, they took it over and ran it and created Northern Art Impressions, and so is that still there? Uh, no, it's okay. no longer. It was there for many many years. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So I grew up with a lot of the the native culture in my life. Yeah. Uh, during those periods. That's yeah. amazing. So like so when so le so let me ask you let's. Let, you probably weren't uh, expecting to discuss this at all, but um, you know when when Canada 150 was happening, um, yeah. you know. So I'd, I'd, uh, I have a couple of friends um, that are uh, Indigenous First Nations, you know, and they um, they said it's not just 150 when you celebrate that, but like every Canada Day, we you know sort of not disappear, but it's like we don't they, they go somewhere else. They're not they're not quote unquote into it. I'm curious, did you <laughs> did you see that at all or do you have do you, do you have these sorts of discussions with your, your i completely siblings? understand where they come from yeah uh no we were we never really got too much into those types of policies and the politics of that mm -hmm. and because they were from uh you know they were from an inner area it was not as much as say like the the native um Aboriginal of lower areas here, yeah, yeah. but you know, like uh, the west, the plains, the, all these yeah. different areas, the um, <clears throat> the coastal, uh, and, and there's a, it's a different mentality because we're, sur you know, they're surrounded by us here. Mm. We're up there. They they still have a lot more of their own yeah. um, world. We don't really go live in the up north as much. Yeah. Um, so it, now it's getting a little bit uh, busier in those areas, but you know, they still have their dog sledding and they still got their sea dews and or. Um, uh, snowmobiles and yeah. uh it's uh it's a tiny tiny little little towns in do you in go up snow. there often no i would love to but yeah. uh yeah it's a lot to get up there well that's that's uh that's amazing it's an interesting uh, upbringing yeah but it was it was fascinating we'd have the elders come down sometimes the the artists themselves who would yeah. do all the the carvings and they were beautiful people i uh, you know in the 
just the cutest, the cutest people you would have ever met. And I mean that, um, at just adorable hearts and souls. And when they would drum dance um, in our houses as teens, and we would be a part of that together um, with the old, you know, the full-on drumming. And it was, yeah. it was very lovely time. You got the Greek culture on one side, yeah. and you got the Inuit culture yeah. on the other side. Like, that's, yeah. It was a really neat I can experience. Im- I can imagine that. What is there anything that you've, I don't know, maybe that you appreciate about about uh, about that or that you've sort of packaged up uh, and put in yourself to uh, to help inform you know how you um, do your own craft. I, I think I was always uh, inspired by my parents in the sense of um, you know art has to have meaning. And that was something that was kind of instilled in me. It can't just be... They didn't really believe in fluff. And they didn't believe in just entertainment for entertainment's purposes. They thought that art had to have a a conscience in in its essence. It had to have Mm. something that we must evolve um, and grow and experience from. Especially with the, the, you know, transformation is is a huge part of, of... the northern culture mm. so all the carvings either represent the animals or they represent the spirit and they represent also the transformation of of the human spirit and and our connection to nature and mm. these sort of things so art always had a representation it's not just for its own purpose yeah. it's like it had to give something of of um a value in some form that's really cool yeah um so you're 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 an artist today yeah um but you didn't get into ballet i did did you really? Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, I started dancing with my mom. Okay. Uh, when she, because we, we moved to Golden after that. Uh, Where from, is that? From Lake Louise. Golden, BC is about one hour from Lake Louise through the the Rocky Mountains. Wow. Uh, it's this crazy drive that we took all the time. And um, we, uh, my mom started teaching ballet in Golden and she needed a, a, a male dance partner for, <laughs> for the classes. And, yeah. And so she kind of scooped me up. She's and like, how old were you then? About 15. 14, 15. Okay. Yeah. And I I actually liked it. Okay. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it was just lots of beautiful girls, but I really enjoyed <laughs> it. And uh, yeah, even people made fun of me for doing it. And I always tried to, to make jokes. I was like, dudes, you're in hockey, and I, I, I know what you guys do back there. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm hanging out with beautiful girls all day, so uh, I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> nice. I, I really kind of enjoyed dance a lot. Yeah. It got me further as my um, teens went. I got into more dance and jazz. And, um, I became a swing dance champion. Um, You're kidding me. Yeah, yeah. I, I did a lot of Okay, listen, of we got some space here. You can... Go in, and you got. The, she's got the camera there. Can, can Amira? Can you do some swing dancing? You know some East Coast. Some, <laughs> some Lindy. Let's. We can do some jive. <laughs> Listen, your sweater says dreams. You gotta. <laughs> I, I we I won't put you on the spot. You don't have to. You don't have to dance. We'll we'll do that later. Okay. <laughs> um. So you. It was interesting because I wanted to get into you know your 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 acting now. So yeah. uh, so I'm curious. Um, you know the influences that you've had your mother, um, your um, your, uh, uh, your your step family, um, in in sort of more of the uh, traditional um, indigenous arts. Um, how 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 did acting become the dominant thing that you do? It was um, a random uh, thing. I, I I was in grade two and I was 
auditioning for a play of Little Red Riding Hood. And okay. there was the role of the grandmother, and I thought it was hilarious, and I wanted it so bad. So I asked the teacher if I could audition, and so it was me and a few girls. And yeah. I like went home, and it's like that time I was quite brought up very religious. Um, and I was like, please, God, I want this role. Can I have it? And, uh, and she cast me. And I remember the first time I was on stage, and I heard people laugh like crazy after mm-hmm. something I did. And no one knew I was a guy, first off. Okay. Because I had little spectacles and a little bonnet on top and the whole yeah. thing. My mom didn't even know it was me till after the play ended. You're and I took kidding it off. No me. joke. Um, and she still talks about it. It's quite <laughs> funny. And um, I, uh, I heard this roar of laughter after something. And it was the first time I've ever experienced anything quite like that. And, yeah. You know, I'm a seven years old kid. And I, w- I was fascinated. And I just was like... This is really amazing. I just did something and people had this response. I want to do more of this. Um, so it kind of hooked me. And then my stepfather would work, he in the summer times would do um, Shakespeare with the Rocky Mountain Shakespeare Company. Uh, oh. And as a performer? Yeah. It was, uh, it was really neat. He, he always respected Shakespeare. And so that okay. always, it, it, that's what introduced me to Shakespeare at about 12, 13 years old. Mm. And. I would just go watch the plays in the summer. Even if he wasn't in them, I would still go and watch. And eventually I got cast to be a part of their troupe doing little parts, you know, Mustard Seed and Midsummer Night's Dream and this and that. And I just, I fell in love with Shakespeare. Um, I I thought it was... How old were you now? Now I'm about 13, 14. 13? Yeah. My son's turning 13 in March. I don't think he could care less. You know what I'm saying? He's he's, he's, he's into his video games. (laughs) You know, he he's maybe into Yeah, he's into Assassin's Creed. <laughs> like, what the heck? Um, yeah, it, it was... Different times, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm sure, but... We didn't really have a lot of TV. I think we had three channels. Yeah, I mean, was... what's there to do in Golden, right? <laughs> yeah, Golden Lake Louise. It's either you're skiing, riding your bike, um, and hanging out with friends, trying yeah. to stay out of trouble. Uh, Did you get into skiing or, or mountain bike? Both, uh, yeah, I snowboarded um, for years. Yeah. Uh, I was the youngest supervisor on Lake Louise Hill um, at 14, I think. Wow. I was supervising on that mountain. Yeah. Um, and I snowboarded for most of my life and uh, and downhill in Lake Louise and Golden. Yeah, mm-hmm. incredible downhill um, sure. biking there. Yeah, Yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, so at age seven, yeah. you're, you're doing Shakespeare. No, no, at, at age 12. At 13. age 12? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, age, age 7, seven was I started red, my little first red, little play. Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Um, when, when did you know that this wasn't just going to be something you did, you know, through school or like this was going to be... My career. On Yeah, your career, your business card, your calling. 15. Really? Yeah. What was it? What happened at 15? Uh, I, I saw a version of Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. Mm. And I wanted to do it. Okay. So I did. I produced in grade ten. I produced my own version of Hamlet and oh wow, s- starred, directed, used real swords from World War Two. My grandfather's fighting swords, like no joke, uh, and put it on in school. And it was a shorter version, you know. Sure. But uh, I, uh, I, I. I fell in love and I was like, I want to do this. About grade nine, ten, I was like, this is the acting part, the producing part, directing. What was just, it? I just wanted to. I wanted to perform. I wanted to act. Mm. I wanted to tell the story. So I don't care how it got there. If yeah. I needed to get all the things to make it, I was going to do it. Mm. And I, I just, I, I, I loved emoting. I didn't. I, maybe it's a way of putting it. I liked expressing physically 
through other people's journeys or stories. Yeah. And I did a play about grade nine uh, the year that year or the year before, and I had to play an old man. And he had uh, he was in a psychiatric sort of hospital. One half of the story, and the other half he's with his family. And you mm. can't tell which is reality and which isn't. Um, and the story is the family died in a fire, or did are they still alive? Ah. And you can't tell. So that's he's always being his family's always come in and talking with him, and then he's always in a psychiatric ward in his family. And you're always left with this like uncertainty of his sanity. Um, and it's almost like a beautiful mind. Yeah, it was it was a really you know lovely piece, and I wish I could remember the name of it right now. Yeah. Uh, and my mom said I was like someone completely sh different, hmm. and you know it's a 15 years old, and like she's like you were I couldn't even I couldn't even look at you because you came off, and I was like okay, well there's something to this that I like, yeah. and I'll put it this way, everyone's really good at something I think, um, everyone has their heart and passion for something yeah and i found that uh it's this isn't an ego way i mean this sure. i mean this in in everywhere i went i was i hate wording it like this i hope there's a better way but you know i the I, guys in school were like the best at being the basketball player sure and they were the guys in school was the best at this and yeah. this someone was the best mathematician and all these things yeah. i was the best actor hmm and I went, like, and that was everywhere I sort of went. I always, mm. like, strived to be, I loved it. I pushed myself. I wanted to be. It wasn't just, like, just handed to me. I actually wanted to be. So I would work at it nonstop. And that's the same way as my friend who was, like, an amazing basketball player. He just went out and did it every day. Mm. And, um, and I tried other sports. I tried everything to see if maybe there's something else out there. Because I know yeah. my parents weren't totally sold on me <coughs> being an actor. Sure, sure. And I don't blame them. <laughs> it's, like, a crazy hard career. Yeah. And, um. But I just, I, I was like, no, I'm, I'm good at this, and mm. I love it, and I seem to gravitate to, like, you know, always reaching for more with it. So I, I, I couldn't think of anything else um, that touched me the same way mm. uh, passion-wise. Wow. And I really tried a lot of different things to make sure. Yeah. Do you do – you like look for an agent at, at 15 or do you say let me just continue doing this at school then then pick a, a college or university that does performing arts like what sort of what sort of steps do you start taking now yeah that was a yeah, it's a great question that was actually the next sort of part of my life um my mom decided she wanted to help me uh and find me a better performing school mm -hmm. and they opened up an art gallery in victoria bc okay at that point so we had one in Banff, Lake Louise, and Victoria. And so she found me this incredible high school called Claremont in Victoria. Oh, sorry. Okay, that's right. And um, I touched his foot, everyone, underneath the table. Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and uh, so she found me this amazing high school that had a uh, million-dollar theater, dance studio, orchestra pit. My teacher was a retired like Broadway actress named Sylvia Hosey. Uh, her daughter Sarah Jean Hosey is doing um, Wizard of Oz here right now as the Wicked Witch in Toronto. Oh wow! Um, at the big theater here, and uh, she was a godsend in my life, hmm. and so was that school. They uh, they taught me my grounding, my complete everything I needed to see if this was actually something I could be good at. Because I came from small towns and I was the best at what I did, okay? Now, now you go to a, a bigger city. city and 
all the kids that are talented who are in this, you know, we had a, our first musical. I just happened to get the, one of the lead roles in when I auditioned. I didn't even know what a musical was. Yeah. Um, but my sister was an opera singer, so I used to make fun of her growing up um, singing. So she yeah. would do her like thing, and then I would come in and be like, oh, and that's how kind of how I made fun of her. But yeah. I didn't realize I could actually like sing because of it. That was actually, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I was the only kid who came in and hit all the notes, and they're like, okay, you've got it. So I was like, all right, uh, what's a musical? Um, <laughs> and uh, like that school had eight, like 40, 50, something like that, cor- like chorus, <laughs> yeah. dancers, every, like that's how big the show was. It was the Dames at Sea. And uh, they put a lot into their sports and their theater mm. in that school. So I've, I feel like that school set me up. Um, and I found this great community of other people, you know, pursuing it as well. Yeah. Wanting to, to do it as well. And, wow. And, and that was amazing. That's not e- often you find other people as passionate. No, you go from a small town to a, a big a city, essentially, and, and then you find this community of other people just like you. Yeah. Yeah. And we were all just, we just made shows and did shows and went and worked in the theater downtown Victoria like all of us were doing that yeah. it was like a group of like five six of us and we just were inseparable for grade 11 12 and then um, and then did you find yourself lost did you, like oh my goodness I'm just one person out of there's a hundred people here that are just as good as me or or did it did it fuel you to say I'm not the only crazy one here uh, no I, I yeah I pushed myself like crazy yeah because uh, I saw so many more talents and abilities mm. that I I'd never really known about. Uh, some people were an amazing musicians as well as actors or, or singers as well as dancers. And I was like, man, I, I need to step up. Like, I had the heart of an actor, but I was like, they have so many more talents. <laughs> so I started working at becoming more of like a triple threat, I guess is a way of putting it. Because yeah. I, I liked musicals and I didn't even know like how to really sing yeah. or how to really dance. So I started, that's where my dancing really started taking oh. off. Nice. I did. My girlfriend in high school, like sweetheart at the time, who's now with Cirque du Soleil, she's incredible. Whoa. Um, she, uh, her name's Aaliyah Kuby, talented. Um, she, uh, she got me into her dance um, classes and uh, her jazz and tap and all these things. And I would practice during my lunch breaks and my um, recesses at, at school. I was in the dance studio dancing and, and singing and practicing. Yeah. Um, that was me, high school. Like, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> University of Victoria comes next. Yeah. Yeah. What did you study there? Theater. Theater, English, and medieval European history. Wow. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out your roots. Well, is that what? Or? Yeah. Most people like don't know. I love history so much, and okay. uh, I, I really do. And now I'm more into like ancient, ancient civilization history. Yeah. Which is uh, taboo for uh, <laughs> for modern science, <laughs> but. Um, no, I, I, I was very uh, either religiously captivated by history or um, so I wanted to know like all of it. So I, I, I learned about sort of the elements of religion and how it influenced society. Mm-hmm. And then because um, there was a part of me that was really influenced at that time. Um, I wanted to be a priest I w- if I didn't become an actor because I yeah. was I, I was uh, approached to be to join the Theological Academy here in Toronto um, when I was about 17, 18 Whoa. Yeah. And uh, anyway, long story short, I, I decided to um, go in a different direction and pursue my heart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I changed my whole perspe- perception of, of religion, too. So it was a, 
and I won't get to that right now, but it became much more of a spiritual journey. Mm. Um, anyway, so University of Victoria was, uh, was a really fascinating place. Most of the people that I went to school with there are still my friends, and I only went there one year. Whoa. Dropped out, or you just finished a diploma when you're no, diploma? No, I, I went one year, I gave it, and the issue was too much politics for me at the time. Mm. Uh, nothing wrong with the University of Victoria, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and, and really, they have an amazing um, theater program if you are into like set deck, building costumes, like okay. the lighting. If you want to get into the, the production, production side yeah. of the wow, that school is incredible. Yeah, uh, for me, I just felt like I couldn't even get a part because you can't get a part till like third year. And I was doing a show at the exact same time downtown at the big theater in Victoria, and I couldn't even do a small bit Because it wasn't your turn. Yes. Mm. And so that was really challenging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just felt, I, I just left this amazing high school, mm. and I, I'd gotten a ton of accolades in two years of being there and moved up to the school and won the award for outstanding um, you know, performer, and from that school, like, by the end of, you know, by the time I graduated, so, uh, and then I, I felt like this place isn't, isn't nurturing what I want. So what do you do? I had a professor, um, because I was torn. Yeah. And I, I was working at Mark, no, I was working at, uh, Eddie Bauer at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, to pay my way because I was living on my own grade 11 or grade 12 in university I, I was paying my own way I'd moved out my family had to move back to okay. Lake Louise my stepfather got cancer long oh, story shit. so I literally saved up enough money to be able to move to Victoria on mm -hmm. my own in grade 12 and finish high school there because I loved it so much wow uh, and and uh, yeah it just wasn't uh, quite hitting so this professor just as summer break was starting and I couldn't decide what I wanted to do, I told him, I was like, I think I want to go to Vancouver. I think I want to pursue it. I don't feel like I, I'm getting what I want here. Um, it's not to say others aren't. I just, I want to give it a go and I want to start mm -hmm. seeing if I'm capable of doing this professionally now. And he just looked me in the eyes and like one of those soul piercing things and he just told me, he's like, you need to do this. Go and he gave it. me the permission, I think, at the time yeah. I needed it. And uh, and I I went, and I left school, and I I guess dropped out. Um, I traveled Europe, and then I came back, and I I gave it a go, and wow, that was a really tough learning, but great decision. Hmm. By the time my friends got out of school, I was four years ahead of them. And the what, uh, what sort of lessons are, w w were you learning? Oh man! Whether you wanted to or not. Yeah, life lessons of, yeah. of the, the industry are they're hard knock life. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's that was that was me learning the hard way. Mm. Uh, but because of it, I had built some ground and traction, and I'd already started establishing myself. And by the time sort of their school ended, I was like, I'm I'm actually kind of getting my feet in here. Um, people know who I am now, and I'm now building a slight you know, building my career up. Mm -hmm. So that part I was really happy about because I felt like I'd already um, got my foot in the door, which takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah. With casting, with people, with the whole thing. So, and I had a lot to learn. Film, television acting was a whole nother game from theater. Different and I'm theater, a big, yeah. I'm a big actor. I'm very expressive. Yeah. So it took me a lot of work to rein it all in um, and make it, because you're not From playing to the person sitting at the back anymore. You're just, like, right up there at the screen. It, yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah, wow. 
Do you remember your first paid gig? It was a dancing gig, actually. Okay, tell, tell me about it. <laughs> it was a swing dancing gig. Yeah? Yeah, they, uh, and, and uh, crooning. So um, I was at an event, uh, you know, like one of those nice, fun, I think it was a Christmas time event, and we had a group of uh, people who swung, swing danced, um, three guys, three girls, one was my partner at the time, so they hired us to come and, and sing, and then I would sing like, Sinatra or something like fly me to the moon and let me play among the stars so I would do stuff like this for them and and that was my first paid gig um I was 17 18 wow yeah that is so cool yeah I'm gonna hold you to we're gonna dance afterwards (laughs) get your dancing shoes on Amira Um, I remember that though I was so happy I was like this is my first paycheck (laughs) (laughs) do you remember your first uh your first acting gig uh, my first big acting gig paid um, oh actually my first acting gig paid was uh, Annie okay Annie yeah um, who did you play Bert Healy uh, he's the guy who's the radio guy hey hobo man hey dapper Dan you've both got your style but brother you're never fully dressed without a smile so that was this guy that was you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was in Shimanus BC a small uh, amazing little theater company. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a g- great run. And then my first big job after that was uh, Lord of the Rings video game. And uh, that's how I started my motion capture career. Okay, so how do you get from on stage, you're playing to crowd, you're playing to people, you're live, um, you've done TV, you've done screen stuff, small screen stuff, big screen stuff. Yep. How do you get from that to video games like how how does that happen is that that's i'm gonna do that (laughs) it was it was literally my agent just said hey uh are you interested in doing this uh video game audition i was like uh yeah Uh, she's like i don't really know what they want you to do so just go and it's like they're sending a lot of people yeah i was like okay yeah sounds cool she's like wear like you know comfy clothes i think they're gonna get you to do a bunch of moving stuff i was like all right so i showed up and then they they got us um, running around a room and then they said okay be this like try on a different character or something like that yeah. and with me they're like be a dwarf and so I loved the movies at that uh, okay. the, at that point I, I knew exactly what the characters in the movies all sort of did and uh, it would be a wraith you know those long things with the shroud mm. cloaks on them and be this and so you just had to kind of change your physicality and because I had to dance background at that point i was it was a lot easier for me to sort of shift my my uh-huh. movement yeah um and and they said and they said i was the only guy who could convincingly do a dwarf <laughs> 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 so um so i got cast and uh that was yeah it was awesome i had no idea what motion capture was i uh, had this um great other performers there at the time who had experience who taught me a lot yeah um, one was uh Donovan and uh, I'm trying to remember his last name right now. Huh. I know his last name, but uh, yeah, he showed me kind of the ropes at the time and taught me like what you need to do for motion capture, and it's cool. It's a fusion between theater and film and voice work. Hmm. It's like this literal combination of all of them. So are you? I'm. I'm still trying to figure this out. I, I watched some clips of the game. I'm not a gamer by any. I leave that to my son. I, I, I watch him play some games. 
Um, and I, I, you know, so I watched a couple of videos, and, and I saw you with this big contraption over your head. <laughs> you know, helmet cam. Yeah. yeah. Um, how like, how do you put yourself into the role of of that person? Like, I'm. Yeah, it's a neat uh, process. It's different than film and TV in the regards that you know I'm. It, it's all about my looks. Hmm. There's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Unless they prosthetic my face up or something. It's yeah. it's literally you can't get past what I look like. Yeah. So that becomes my limitation. And my and not in the same, but it's it, that's where I'm limited is by the sure. way this is the way you look. So you you have to stay within that area of believability. Yeah. You can't play a dwarf on TV the way you look. No, unless they put like a whole suit on me basically and sure. yeah, create a whole thing around my body and prosthetic my face and yeah, yeah I can't. So the fascinating part about about motion capture is that you can be anything hmm. and and you can really explore that and i love that so when i get a character i look at their first if i can if i can get hands on an animation I'm like okay what do they actually look like mm -hmm. and then i try and look at their physicality um whether they're tall or stocky or big like you know short um long and that gives me a reference of like where i think their voice will sit and then i start building their body movements uh, mm. based on what their image looks like and the character description sometimes they have with them of what this person is sort of like you know they want like a gruff da da da, da. Um, so the good example um, I did a, a, a game called Mass Effect Andromeda and I was doing about six different characters on the game okay and uh, you know one of the characters name was Drax um, and so I created this like thick, stocky, um, weighted body, and he's, he kind of talks from the sides of his eyes, and he has this, hey, he's kind of in here, so he speaks like this, <laughs> and he's got this sound, so he, he can kind of follow you around, and it feels like whatever that is. So that's the guy he is, I know it's hard for the people not seeing <laughs> this right now, and because um, he had this big face, so I wanted to like make his face move. Mm. Um, in the thing, the thing about motion capture is you have to capture the movements as well as the acting and the voice. And if you're just coming from TV or film, uh, we don't do much in, in especially TV. You just stand there, you look pretty, you say your lines, yeah. cut, next scene, you know. So it's all about what they see in your eyes and what's going on in your head. And in the video game world, it's we need to show that so if i have a thought i would really show you my thought through my mm. face um and these cameras all around you're capturing that capturing all those details to build that in the game yeah and your eye movements mm. and everything because because otherwise my if i stood there and i didn't do much and i just like lightly breathe i would look like it you have to think about it as an image and it's a dead pixel mm. it's a non-moving pixel so it's literally like a you know it, it would look like there's nothing going on interesting yeah so you have to give it life uh, physically huh. and uh, I love that so that was one and the other character I had to do was, his name was Jol he's tall lanky and he's like uh, very smart and he works at the computer so he became much more of a peer and he talks like this <laughs> and he would speak quite nicely about everyone and so his long demeanor and he would walk very lankily and mm. um, completely different people and how I do you remember these voices I just create them and then they settle in me once I sort of sit on who the guy is yeah yeah um yeah I, I i i definitely you know steal from uh many people out there i i i look at what they do and i try and take bits of this or that i even did that with the uh, assassin's creed um i 
I was trying to create a cool voice for Alexios, and I didn't really know what he looked like. I had like this little uh, black and white image of him. I never got to see his face or his eyes. We just like guy with a spear, and so I saw this gruff guy, and then I was like, okay, what can this guy sound like? He needs a Greek Greek accent, and and I was like, it would be really neat if if someone gave him like a Bruce Wayne sound, hmm. so this really strong commanding sound, and then when he gets angry, he becomes more like this, and then make him a bit more like just a hair bit upbeat and um, almost sarcastic. And then I put in, an, uh, so it would be all of those things, and then I put on a Greek accent. Hmm. And so then he became like this, and that is Alexios. Hmm. So Alexios has this rasp mixed with a bit of the Bruce Wayne sound in it. And, uh, and when he gets angry, that's how he gets like this. Allies, he's, he's a <laughs> bit of a fighter. And so, yeah, the, that's how I found Alexios in there. And... Um, and I took a little bit from uh, another game previous Assassin's Creed 2 where there's a character called Ezio and he had such a great voice so I wanted just to bring in a, f a little bit of that sound um, of the lineage of the characters. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I take a little bit from everyone. Yeah. yeah. Do you do impressions at all? Uh, I have to work on them. Okay, okay. I'm not like those that <laughs> guy. Like if you give me one and yeah. I, you give me like 10 minutes and then can I can usually it. do it. All right. I do that a lot for for voice things. People hire me to like, they'll be like, "We want you to do like Liam Neeson today," and they're like, "Okay, give me an hour. I'll give be back." Give me an hour, and you'll be back yeah. as Liam Neeson. Yeah, I will find you, <laughs> and I'll kill you. <laughs> do you? Well, do you? So you do? Do you also do like specific voice acting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like cartoons and yeah. and commercial work. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's really fun. I did um, a, a really fun spot for Old Spice, uh, a bunch of them okay. last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, where there was an actor who had to do, he was fantastic, but his accent was a hair too thick. So they needed someone to like voice replace him with a slighter oh, accent. Okay. Like just a little lighter of an accent. Yeah. But could they do him? So they cast across Canada and, and uh, I ended up getting it. And it was one of the funniest, most enjoyable voice jobs I think I've ever done. <laughs> but it was, um, if you ever seen it, look it up uh, Old Spice Rocket Car or Old Spice Whale. There's a whole bunch with this guy. It's called Legendary Man. The guy is so talented. It's all his voice, people. I just, I just pretty much mimic <laughs> him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like limits. Do they even exist? Or is it just a made-up word to destroy our dreams? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Shoppers right now and get me some, get me some Old Spice. Nice. So you've done the Good Doctor, Prison Break, Arrow, and 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 some some voiceover stuff. Do you do you have a a, a preference in, you know, is it is it on stage, live theater, is it small screen, big screen, is it is it these these video games? Where's what do you enjoy the most? I'm a gypsy actor. Mm. I'm just a straight-up gypsy actor. I, you give me a job, I'll be there. Uh, I, I love acting in whatever medium it is because it always challenges me yeah. to express myself and challenge myself in new ways yeah. and get better at different versions of the craft. Yeah. To me, it's like if I get to do my thing, I, it's anywhere. Um, I think, to answer your question more specifically, mm -hmm. the motion capture is one of the most... Uh, fun jobs mm -hmm. just because you're so free uh, you're, you're literally so free to just you know have a good time do your job go to work and uh, it's not crazy the hours aren't insane like film and TV uh, and you really get to use your imagination your body and it's there's nothing like it it's I, I go be a, 
a puppet, and I, I can't help but love it. Uh, theater is the most rewarding. What is it about theater that's very rewarding? Is it the instant feedback that you get? It's the connection. Mm. That Yes, there's feedback in that connection, but that can be silence, too. You know what I mean? That when you can, if it calls for it, right? Yeah, if, that, if, you, if it's so, the moment is so Im immersed that you can hear a pin drop because everyone is so captivated in that moment, including yourself with your partner in your scene, and you're just all in it together. Everyone's yeah. rooting for everyone in theater. It's huh. this, like, even if someone screws up, you can't help but want to root for them to find a way out. Yeah. Like, you know, if something happens. Or this, I think theater is just this liberating um, expression of the art that it, it must always be there. It's a part of our connection as humans, and I think that's why we, we need it yeah. to be there with each other. There's, it's just a different connection you don't get from a box in a TV. And, um, and film and television is the most, soul, well, definitely film, the most uh, soul-expressing. Hmm. Why is that? Because it's, it's your deepest stuff coming out of you. Huh. Uh, you can't lie. There's no, you mm. can't really perform. You have to be, you have to find the truth so deep inside of you that it, it gets captivated and uh, on film and, and it's you, you have to give a part of yourself because people will see that you sound like that teacher in the uh, in Barry do you have you ever seen that show in on HBO one? no it's called Barry it's about this hitman who becomes an actor <laughs> by mistake and uh, was it Henry Winkler the Fonz oh plays, yeah he plays the teacher <laughs> and he talks we have to bring out the truth yes in your acting yeah 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 it's uh, there's no lying in, yeah. in film TV and, and not to say there isn't any of the other forms they're all it all need to find truth in them. It's just that one's the. Um, it's to me. There's no performing in it. Hmm. It's maybe a better way of putting it. It it has to come from a place of of uh, yeah. I don't know pain or or something along those vulnerability for sure. Yeah. Was there was there pressure in in performing and playing uh, a, a major role in Assassin's Creed? Odyssey. I mean, it's a huge, it's a big franchise. It's very popular. It's um, it's a franchise that has many f diehard fans, and to know that you're you're coming in, you're playing, I think one of the two lead actors, um, yep. in, in in the game. Was there pressure to make sure that you did this properly so that the fans of the game accepted the character? Um. That's an interesting question. So, did we did we have to do prep in a way so the fans would uh, like the character with the company you're asking? Yeah, or, or just like yourself, like you know, as as I don't know, how do I how do I face this properly? It's it's a it's a game that has all these fans that are waiting for the net, you know, the next episode, the yeah. next game, the next version, and, and 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 you play this. Did you feel that weight that oh, I, yes. I better do well <laughs> so that this comes off good? Absolutely, so that people believe this. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely was. Uh, when I found out, I was like, oh man, okay, this is huge. Yeah, uh, knowing it already had a fan base. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna base it off of everything they know before. They're gonna have their own expectations of what they want from it. So that's why I literally tried to find a way to balance what I wanted to do in the fusion of the the previous um, games and mm -hmm. what they brought to the table. I was I was trying to find a balance for sure. Uh, so I understood where it all set, like where does it settle? But the unique thing about these games is I've come to realize is they're all their own worlds and yeah, they're all yeah. their own storylines. That they're 
you 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 really have to find your your own approach to it all and your own ideas because once i grabbed onto the story of this game i'm like it's they're apart from the fact we call it assassin's creed they're all uniquely Hmm. just just different and this is the this game's kind of the beginning beginning uh origins came out last year which is kind of the uh you know the the starting of the i think the the order or the templars and um and this kind of takes place kind of before all of that and so it's really open territory as far as where they were going with it and i think it's they did a phenomenal job so you're coming coming back in odyssey 2 uh i hope so (laughs) (laughs) we still got dlcs to do for quite a while Um, okay yeah so what are those dlcs are downloadable content or like expansion pack kind of things Mm. uh continue the story yeah or different (coughs) elements they want to bring in or your own new adventure they'll take you on and um so there's one coming out uh the trailer just came out today uh for the hidden blade um december 4th and it's the introduction of how the hidden blade um gets oh. brought into the whole lore Interesting. which everyone was kind of wondering because like well these guys are using spears they don't have hidden blades like in the and so they're uh this dlc is going to be sort of bringing that into the whole the mix of things and bringing odyssey into the you know the lore again how how it all started yeah interesting yeah. tell me about the actor's chop shop oh god <laughs> uh actor's chop shop is a acting group that was started in a garage mm-hmm. uh, with one of our university professors from UVic. He moved to Vancouver and two of his uh, students were also my good friends. Uh, I didn't know him at the time and invited me. They wanted to start this thing in his garage where we used an old mixer board from like the 80s mm-hmm. that could edit uh, film. So we set up two cameras, basic little cameras, into a computer, into the mixing board. And we just started picking up sides and working on camera. And we would give ourselves like half an hour, 20 minutes to learn these scenes. I think it started in the beginning, we would try and memorize, show up. But then we're like, let's just give ourselves 30 minutes, 20 minutes and learn the scenes and then we're gonna get on camera. We're gonna shoot it, two cameras, Mm -hmm. like you're on set and we're gonna edit it while you're acting. And then when you sit down, we'll watch it. All right. And then we're going to go through it and give each other notes and feedback ah, and what works, what doesn't, shop, why, shop, yeah. this and that. And we get up again <coughs> and you do it again. And then you'd see if you could take all the notes and adjustments. And yeah, you'd chop it. So yeah. that's how we looked at it. We were like, okay, we're going to go chop it. Uh, you've only got this much time. Chop it. So it started that way. We did that for like three years. Wow. Every week. And we oh, just... Oh, your craft getting better. Yeah, yeah. And it taught us so much um, hmm. in regards to to what works, what doesn't, film, TV, how small, how big, like what I was saying, like, you know, when you're different mediums, when you're doing comedy to when you're doing drama, when you're doing a a TV show to when you're doing like a serious film, like there's a different style for each. So we started seeing how that works on film and then Mm -hmm. how interaction works on camera. Most of the camera work you do is an audition style. We have one camera looking at you and you're talking to someone, but you don't see the other person's, you know, back and forth. So this was an opportunity to see how you are acting with someone all the time Mm. and because we only had so little time to rehearse you got really good at understanding what a scene was about rather than trying to focus on being word perfect uh which can be a challenge for actors to get out of their head Uh. and be like i don't know my lines fully yet and uh so this this went on and then we moved to a studio called shoreline and joined with them where i was teaching at the time and we continued to now teach it 
out to uh, students and bring people in and show them how to learn this style of training and method. And it's very helpful. Uh, sometimes we'll get auditions and we'll show up and they'll go, oh, you're great. We really like you. Can you read this part? And they give you sides. You got six pages. To mm -hmm. You're like, okay. You walk out. You go back in. Like, you chop it, basically. Yeah. I've, I've memorized an entire five, six-page, three-scene audition in ten minutes. Yeah. And then gone back in, drop the paper, and go. Yeah. And I think there's a confidence in that that directors uh -huh. and producers go, like, that was impressive. Uh, he can act. And so whenever we get those our friends and i we always call each other like i had to chop it today and you know they called me and wanted the last minute so we know that they they gave them something to do very quickly interesting and on set you get new rewrites all the time of course so you have to get good at just going Continu with the flow continuing to do that yeah awesome michael thanks so much man oh for you're welcome for coming into studio okay i really no really problem. appreciate it <laughs> i hope that this was is good, good. Yeah? yeah you like it <laughs> yeah well listen before i let you go let me just say some thank yous uh, to some people, thank you so much to the Pacific Junction Hotel uh, for hosting Girth Radio and this podcast here. Uh, if you want to uh, listen to more uh, episodes and uh, shows like this, go to girthradio.com. If you want to uh, listen to other episodes that uh, that I've done here, um, we're approaching 150, I think. Uh, please go to creamkanji.com. You could also follow me uh, on Twitter at creamkanji, and you can uh, download and listen to this and all the episodes. Uh, basically anywhere that you can find podcasts. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher. And please, if you can, subscribe, rate, and review. I will be forever in your debt. Again, Michael, thanks so much, man. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And uh, to everyone out there, I hope you enjoy Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And Alexios is waiting for you.